coming about? It's happening. The bow spar is sliding into place. Crank that line. Put the spinnaker pole down, we're going to have to zigzag. We're beating and moving forward. You too can look up nautical terms on Wikipedia. But hey, DS9 is lining up the finale. It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright, hello and welcome to the rules of acquisition. A podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The, uh, the best show in 1999 almost y2k wow okay uh anyways <laughs> i don't that's not relevant at all i'm just saying words my name is wade bowen and with me as always is james nolan hey guys and hugh crawford hey hey uh and yeah we're now into i don't even remember which Part of the ten episode final arc of Deep Space Nine, I think it's but part six, isn't seven, it? six, right? Six, six, uh, six. Packing into the wind. It's part six yeah, okay. of nine, or six. Of oh, nine. nine. Right. That's why. Yeah. Yes, right. there's not ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, well, that's yeah. like a, a movie double, of, double yeah. episode. So yeah. That's, this yeah. is this originally aired on May twelfth. So it's called what? Tacking into the wind. Tacking yes, nineteen ninety nine. Tacking into the wind, mm-hmm. which is uh, a nautical the term. Description. Which is a nautical term that means it's when you're. It's a way to sail into the wind by doing these weird zigzag angles. It's a whatever. Yeah, I've been sailing. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I've tacked. I've tacked before. I think. <laughs> you, you've been tacked. Yeah. You know your tacks from yeah. your winds. Yeah, yeah. I'm that asshole. My parents had a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Not a. It was a lake boat, though. Did you have to do? It was a lake. Did boat. you have yeah. to do big sailing? You did some tacking. All right. Either like boat hour is not <laughs> is next podcast. We weren't part of a yacht club or anything. This is uh, the IMDb description. Odo is affected by the disease threatening to eliminate his race more than he lets on, while Kira has to deal with the Cardassians' dislike of her. Even though General Martrak sees John, Counselor Garon's move as a part of a political vendetta, he does nothing about it. Worf suspects Gowron's military strategies are meant to humiliate Martok's command abilities without the thought of consequences have uh, for Klingons as a whole. Meanwhile, O'Brien suggests to Bashir that he's announced his, he's found a cure to the Changeling's disease that lure uh, someone from Section 31 to Deep Space Nine. That's a rather long IMDB yeah. description, but that's what happened in this particular episode. Guys, everything's been ratcheted up. What do we think? I think I'm I'm liking this I've I'm liking where they've tacked. <laughs> I mean, I guess it started in when it rains or whatever, though we had, you know, mixed things to say about some of the execution of that. But I'm liking this stuff more than the first four parts, anyways. And now Yeah, this episode had a theme and like kind of went at like yep it kind of found its way to attack attack some you know to make some larger points i guess mm-hmm. about about leadership and what you know what honor props up and what honor allows and then and with that i mean i felt like it you know that was something that the others weren't weren't having so it was nice to like have a <laughs> right. theme it, it, it interjecting a theme yeah it was nice to have a theme yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, this this is a Ronald D. Moore episode, right? It so was, yeah. Gonna... So we, he's really the only one doing that kind of shit in these episodes, man. <laughs> he's the only one thinking of like bigger things. Like, are the you know, it, it, he's the only one that takes this moment at this late hour to go like, why aren't the Klingons shit? Like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, because they seem like shit, and you go, yeah, 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 they're shit, and so yeah, oh yeah, we got Ezri going full Susan Sarandon, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, oh, right, yeah, this it's all coming back to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty hilarious, yeah, and it was sort of the same thing mirrored by Damar, where he's like, if we do the same shit that got us in this position in the first place, we're just gonna end up in the right, same place, right. so because mm-hmm. yeah, the Bobby Moynihan Bromek is my homeboy <laughs> guy, like. 
uh, bro, bro, yeah, whatever. Uh, what is his name? He's Bobby Moynihan Cardell. <laughs> yeah, his name's Broneck. Bro, bro, yeah, yeah. Broyek. Broyek. By okay. David yeah. Levinson. Yeah. He also played a bunch of. Uh, he's he's in a lot of Star Trek. Oh yeah, he's in a lot of Star Trek. They yeah, him in lots of different makeup. Huh? Uh, he worked at Cisco's Creole Kitchen. Oh, yeah, he was in a counter at Farpoint. Like he's a like I think they. Oh wow, I think okay. maybe he worked at Star Trek. That was like his job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a regular alien on a lot of the Star Treks. Yeah, so like his whenever he's when he's at his dentist office, he's like, you just you just need to. Uh, no, I'm you not. Know, you need that form over to Star Trek because I work, there. <laughs> I work in Star Trek. I'm totally confused. Please. That's not who yeah. it was. This is another guy. Goy, uh, sorry. Oh, okay. Russet is Bobby Moynihan. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. But Broyek is someone else. Russet. Yeah. 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 Russet. Right. And so. he's in a ton of other shit, but not a lot of stuff. Well, he's played a Klingon, an old Klingon. Uh, okay. Well, thank God you caught that because the nerds would have tore us apart. I know. Yeah. That was D- John Vickery. It's the Bobby Moynihan character. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this the one that ends with Worf like killing Galron? Yes. Ups- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is this is big. This this is like almost the end of Ronald D. Moore's Klingon story. In yeah. Well, there's a, a little yeah. Like this is where the the meta plot of the Klingon empire kind of this is the culmination of it right i think so i think that this is a i mean the wharf storyline i mean i guess is rather clever ultimately having Worf sort of kill galron and displace him i i don't necessarily buy that it's as consequenceless for him <laughs> right right as it seems to have been and so i don't know if I, it seems like they tried to tell it in a b story what was a pretty big story uh-huh Right. And so that's my critique of it. But yeah, it is a, I mean, if you, what I've always, you know, I've always harbored this Emperor Worf story. And one of the things is that he's already had sort of a pretty, I mean, at a relatively early age, he's only like 40 and they live to be like 200, 250. (laughs) Right. So, you know, like he's had a pretty storied history with the Klingon upper houses it's a pretty good start of a story. Yeah, yeah. So you could keep that going. And, you know, he's not a consequentialist Klingon where he's basically, resp- he he killed the person that put Gowron in power and now he killed Gowron. So he's basically <laughs> been instrumental in the last two regime changes. Right, right. They should, the Klingons should be like, oh man, Worf. Is like the uh, the black the is dark it, cloud or you know like, yeah he's a the, Dick Cheney he's a Dick Cheney like character or something yes. <laughs> right yeah the King Killer or you know I don't know yeah I do feel like I did feel like it was kind of rushed like all this stuff at the end it was originally supposed to be written when they blocked it out again they storyboarded this like a night they broke they broke the story out like a nightmare mm-hmm. but it was originally started where at the end of it Worf finds them it's a classic star trek story of Worf trying to find a way to convince galron of the true path of the right path uh-huh right. And so they get to by that killing him. but no by like convincing him <laughs> no i'm yeah, just yeah. no i <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh but like story-wise they're like well let's get this boarded out this is where we need it yeah yeah and, yeah. Then, and then we're like we gotta like, ki- yeah yeah we gotta do some, we gotta kill him. yeah we gotta kill him we gotta yeah. we gotta ratchet it up and raise the stakes well there's and, this clicking clock ticking talk ticking oh god clicking got it Ticking talk. You took a moment ticking to back clock. up, and oh my you still God. crashed the car. <laughs> yeah, I, I took a running start at it, and I still fucked it up. Uh, I think it is a low blood sugar situation. Ticking clock on on all getting all this stuff uh, taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the original was going to be that they would that Martok would go, "You're right," and go home, and Martok would lead the rest of the thing, and that would be the end of the story. But. Then they, at the end, they were like, "No, fuck it, let's just kill Galron." I mean, it's all right. all this shit's over anyway. Because that's the most dramatic. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff. <laughs> we, right. we, yeah. We're all looking for new jobs next month anyway, so let's just <laughs> right, right, let's right. just kill him. And and so they did. Yeah, Voyager can't do this shit. They're off in the Alpha Club. Yeah, the Delta Club. I gotta use Galron. So 
Yeah. So yeah, they kill. I mean, so that's the end of a major character from TNG. Really, you know? I will say real quick though, a quick tangent on on Voyager. Voyager found the most weird and ham-fisted ways to cram characters oh into God. their yeah. episodes that they had no business being in there. Okay, you so, would have found a way. Yeah. If they could have figured out a way to, to cram Garon into the Delta Quadrant, they would An have. An alternate universe Garon had gotten lost <laughs> into our Delta Quadrant or whatever. Or just like a long-distance phone call gets like <laughs> yeah, scrambled yeah. and, and <laughs> right. somehow the signal gets its way all the way to the Delta Quadrant and they pick up and it's Garon. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was expecting somebody else to pick up the phone, <laughs> and then yeah. that could have been the whole episode. Wait, yeah. we need you to get a message. <laughs> right. <sighs> Somehow he got long distance transported two years ago when Deep Space Nine blew up. Or something. there was a lot of. Uh, I mean, the Voyager was a lot like uh, Gilligan's Island in that way. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they'd have to shoe on the the Harlem Globetrotters under their island or whatever. <laughs> right, and instead of making a radio out of coconuts, they just had unlimited uh, torpedoes. Unlimited torpedoes, yeah. Well, they had a they had a professor who knew how to make them out of Delta <laughs> right. Quadrant okay. coconuts. So yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I guess that's the limit of doing a stranded show is that you here stuck with these people. <laughs> You, yeah. yeah, you can't do much uh, extra stuff with that. Yeah, and so I, I think this episode is fine. This may be my favorite episode. It wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I felt like this was the strongest yeah. one. I th- My yeah. biggest criticism of it was that parts of it felt rushed. Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't they go, like, another criticism I had of them, like, we can't go to Cisco with this, <laughs> with this, uh, with this kind of thirty one stuff. What? I, don't right. know, I bought that. Why can't we? Like can't. Why can't no. we do it next week, Julian? <laughs> right. Well, sure, right. There's that. Yeah. But okay. Even... So that 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 was even before that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, well, I, like the he'll have to report it. I mean. No. Yeah. It logically it makes sense. This is the guy. This is the guy who does whatever he wants. Yes. Yeah, no, but they've they've. I, I'll I'll stand for this. They've established that. Cisco gets pissed off sometimes, like and and like I don't want to go to the principal's office with this shit. He's gonna be mad. And they're scared of him. But wait, they clearly misread the misread the the green on this because they could have obviously they they go to him. <laughs> why do you, yeah, why did you tell me about this? They have so much better ideas than what you guys. Have. We'll talk about this next week, but it, they they address that even next week too, to an extent. But mm-hmm. yeah, but this ain't that. A part. lot of this is because these guys weren't writing together right it was it's it's mind-boggling to me when the more that i read about how this was written to be honest there's times where i'm like i'm surprised it's as good as it is you know uh-huh. because it, they i i just can't believe that they just broke this shit down and then they just all wrote as they wanted to and changed things willy-nilly and then when they brought it up it like they had to do all of these rewrites because the guy before had changed a bunch of shit like that, yeah, that feels a little. This is why stories are broke in a room. Like you know, I, it seems really weird, and I don't really. It seems like a really weird way to do it. So right. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's like they're figuring it out as they go along. Like you know, like shows just weren't run the same way as then as they are now. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, definitely. I mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, this is absolutely would not be run this way now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that that I mean, this is probably the old system of Hollywood and how things were done. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to worry about these big arcs because the writers didn't have that kind of control or they weren't telling this big a stuff. Right, right. But I do think that there is a, like, I think there's this guy's room that's been created by Ira Stephen Bear and that had a really, you know, the, the, they wrote the fifth season and the fourth season. Right, right. You know, and they... They got a lot of reputation, and you know, and then they wrote the sixth season, which yeah, yeah. people wrongly love. And um, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not go there. And so I think that they have this, they have this reputation, and so I feel like they got that part right about how to tell arc stories and how to sort of build a camaraderie amongst people. But the things they got wrong were none of them because they were probably all like on this sort of 
highly individualistic streak that no one was really right everybody was kind of following their own personal things and nobody was for the good of the story right like, well i mean like ira came up doing you know shit like what fame and just regular yeah like the whole the whole system of all writing in hollywood at this like was these you know you end up with your status quo at the beginning like sitcoms where the you return to the status quo at the end of the episode they've all kind of got that ingrained and that's the system a lot of them came up in and then now they're just they're like okay now we're doing something different but those old habits are still there where they're just kind of siloed off obviously and yeah yeah it shows yeah yeah and it's it's a real in a piece like this where you start noticing it is just in momentum where you get to the end of this episode and the Kira storyline starts to build a lot of momentum and then right they're back on the ship mo- mostly because Odo needs to be dying in the next episode but that kills any momentum of this story so it's right. it's this Cause... it's this very it, it's very starty stoppy and there's no like you can see right like the kind of writing that you're talking about that they're not doing, but when did that come about really? That was like David Chase or somebody like basically writing it all themselves. And then they bring a room in and it's like, well, okay, give it to me and I'm just going to rewrite it. So where it's, you know, I mean, possibly, I mean, I think that if John Wells, I mean, that ER had been pretty great for a while. I mean, I think that that's what they're, but that's, that wasn't being done in these kind of low rent genre forms. Right. When you go back to it, you think of something like John, you think of, uh, uh, Barry Levinson with homicide or John Wells and ER or David Milch and NYPD blue that they weren't doing, they were serialized, but like, I think that there was one guy in charge. Exactly. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Basically everything goes and back I think to that, that Ira was that guy. He was just a weaker guy than those yeah, guys. But, yeah. So I think but that he like, was doing a poorer job at that job than those three guys were doing on he their didn't cre- Those guys created those shows. They, the whole idea, it, Ira picked this up in season three when they were still. He's been in the there. room the whole time, but yes. He's been in the room, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. And as far as Berman goes, it seems like they got whatever they wanted to out of Berman. So, well, I mean, they had to fight real hard for everything that they got out of Berman. It wasn't but for like, the dumb shit like Vic and like more Ferengi. No, I mean, episodes. even the serialization, that's not true at all. They had to fight for a lot of the stuff that they did do. Well, one of the reasons that they had to fight for the serialization is they probably had to prove that they could do this right. And they, they well, I, I think I think you're selling them short in there because Berman was real big about laying down dictates about things that, that Star Trek was allowed to do. And I think that one of the reasons that is you kind of see that is that is you kind of are seeing that here because you lose focus, right? And does it pay because you're deferring all of your emotional payoffs? That's the ultimate. That's the problem of serialization, right? Is that you? But de- you're laying it all down on. Um, like Irish Stephen Bear should have been able to pull this up, like pull back on the throttle. For I'm it. saying like, that whatever flaws of this is flaws of Irish Stephen Bear. Yeah, I think the the push and pull between like Milch and all these shows that you're talking about, they didn't have like a producer. Stephen like, Bochco, David 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 Milch had to go to Stephen Bochco, the most like no fucking like nonsense motherfucker like in television history right so um, i'm just saying but yeah it's iris Stephen bear are yes i will agree it's not as big a force of personality who knows exactly what kind of story he wants to tell as david milch mm-hmm. and that's that's a failing on his part too but I'm well just, i mean it, it's, it's not even i'm not even putting i'm just saying that you don't expect a writer like iris Stephen bear to even get to sort of ride that car to begin with because that's a that's a prestige drama tv thing and so these guys that are making like latex forehead shows right for syndication they're they're not no one from paramount or no one in the industry no one from paramount on down is expecting iris Stephen bear to pull this off and i think don't get me wrong i think that i'm holding him to a higher standard than than he was hired to do right right you know no one hired him to i mean barry levinson who was working on Homicide three years after he made it, like, won an Oscar for Best Director. Right. So there is, like, I mean, there was more power and juice in Barry Levinson or even David Milch at that time than in someone like Iris Stephen Bear, just because it's a latex forehead show. Right. And, yeah, yeah. And so I don't, you wouldn't expect him to perform that well, and I'm, and he doesn't, but, like, you know, it, it you know, it, it, it outpaced what you, 
what you would have expected from a latex forehead show. Sure, sure. But I also think that the interaction with the producers and and Star Trek mm-hmm. have a big thing to do with what they did. You know, I'm impressed with, with what they pulled off in the face of that to an extent. I think too. the show would have been better if they had instead of hire instead of if Mark Pillar handing it over to I I received Barry handed it over to Ronald D. Moore. I think the show would have been better. I mean, I I won't dis I'm not mm-hmm. gonna disagree with you on that front probably. Yeah. So I mean, I I do think that the flaws that I see in the show are are flaws of Iris Stephen Bear. And <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm you're and you're the flaws are there. I'm just also seeing strengths. And, and you don't you don't you don't think Ronald D. Moore would have loved to, uh, having a, a swinging sixties motif in a, in a character <laughs> uh, introduced yeah. to the late. Well, I mean, nobody made him orient the whole last season of his show around literally a Bob Dylan song. So, like, uh, <laughs> right. like, so I mean, I'm not saying that like he's got like like he's got weird peccadillos too, right? And he wouldn't have made Battlestar if he if he'd had full reign at this time in his career. Battlestar would not have turned out like that, you know, like, well, that was like post Sopranos. It started and everything too. So that's like like telling your second wife, if I'd never, if I'd never cheated on my first wife, I would have never met you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. But I'm, I'm just just saying that I still am impressed with Deep Space Nine as from where it stands and what it pulls off. It did more than it, it did more than it was supposed to do. Right. I, I see where a lot of the, from where they're coming from with how they ended up where they are. And, and yeah, I'm a, uh, being 40. I, I'm, I feel a lot with, uh, I wish I could, you know, you, you, you do that Tony Stark thing where you're like, I don't want to go back and change the past, but I would like to go back and change the past and still keep what I have. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I would like to go back and do is have watched battles. Not bad. Uh, what's the fucking, what's this? What's the, uh, what's the show that everybody likes more than this show? Oh, Babylon 5. Babylon 5. Watched Babylon 5 at an age where I'm less of a jaded asshole about this kind of shit. Uh-huh. And where they have like, <laughs> where it doesn't look like a high school musical set. Well, I'm more right. prone to give it, yeah, where I, at age where I was more prone to give it, you know, sort of overlook those faults or traits. And, right. and I would like to I mean, and it then. Looking back on it, I'm kind of in the same boat with you there too. Because, I mean, what I was mentioning before, like, that is a show that was all written basically by one guy mm-hmm. who probably did a whole lot of coke because like, you know, <laughs> and not really with a room at all. It was all out of mm-hmm. straight from him. So yeah. yeah and, it's an and he's done, I mean, and he's, he's had a proven track record and other things. I don't know what he does now. What does he do now? Uh, James, Jay Michael Straczynski. I mean, he did uh sense eight. Oh, he did Sensei. Uh, That's he, what he did. Yeah. 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 And who knows what he's working on now? But that was. Yeah. Because yeah. he stopped working in. Con- he was like fucking. He was the Spider Man guy before Dan Slott for 10 years or something. Yeah. He was for a while. He, he was. He quit. A super... He quit because of Brand New Day. Yeah. He quit because of Brand New Day. So. When yeah, did he. Was he... A brand... Oh, yeah. Was that before or after Murder She Right? Anyway, what, <laughs> well, back to this episode. Yeah, this is like uh, the big, the ruining of Spider Man yeah, no, like know, 10 know, years ago. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> back to this. Yeah, no. So I, I, yeah, so I don't know what point I was making. That maybe I or Stephen Bear was, I, I guess I was just, yeah. Good, good, good show. Good, good attempt. <laughs> I wish it was a more organized and they had had maybe itemized plots and then they could go and write their plots. Yeah. I get the feeling that probably Ronald D. Moore didn't like Ronald D. Moore might be part of the problem or he just didn't want people to hand him itemized scripts. So that means that everybody had to work in silos to make him happy. Mm. And then the silo problem caused all of these weird thematic jumps where, you know, you just have a lot of just time wasty shit, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I feel like, I mean, and then, yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, so you do end up, like, the whole, like, the overthrow of Galron administration, which has been, which has been on the show for 10 years. It's just thrown away, and this is B-plot. Right. All right. uh, Do we want to just kind of run through this? Because I'm just, I'm forgetting. Yeah, I don't. I I, I, I was almost about to make plot points about the next episode, and then I was confused. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it starts off with the intercooler matrix on the ship is 
is not uh, whatever. Uh, Bromet Burnock is my homeboy. I wrote that down. Oh, they've they've sent Odo in to penetrate an op center on TVAC, and they st- sabotage some dilithium storage bunkers. And oh, Odo's all fucked up because he's he's been running. Yeah, he looks like the haggard. Yeah, he looks like the the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, I was thinking. I wrote down. He looks like a fucked up Fraggle or a yeah. He, he look- or when they suck the essence out of one of those things in the Dark Crystal. That's what he looks. Like. Yeah, he looks. He looks <laughs> uh, Frank Ozian. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Or, and then he's like, Odo, I hope you know how much I... If I don't want pity from the woman I love, why would I want it from you? So don't tell Kira about how I'm all fucked up. This is still, like, the least earned romance, like, I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> this, uh, yeah, yeah, this it's, is... It, they, the actors do it well enough job of mooning at each other, I guess, but... See, I don't think so. I yeah. think that they're so visually disengaged from this romance as they actor look like it that right that it that it kills i that's what i totally pick, pick up on that yeah. too this all feels like a wet wet noodles like yeah they, they, I mean, they, it, for me it's most of their writing but yeah well, i mean i think that they're here. not in any way i i don't think nana visitors ever had sexual chemistry with really any of the actors on the show except for herself herself yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we made the same yeah yes. not not even the the person that she made a baby with yeah her, her life actual life. not even her actual husband at the time yeah they do a weird thing throughout the run run of the entire show is to make sure that they're not on screen as much as possible together yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's they're, they're, those two characters hardly have any i mean in the, all seven years they're probably on screen together. Maybe it was going bad at the end. Yeah, just the two of them. Who, who knows? I mean, at the beginning. Yeah. I don't even think they have one one scene where it's just two of them. I don't know what there's a one that I can think of. One in a shuttlecraft. What is the nature of their relationship? What is the nature of their relationship? Do they like each other? I have no idea. Yeah, beats me. They, Seven years. They're space friends. Yeah, I guess they're space friends, and mm-hmm. she didn't like him at first, but he grew on her. Yeah, that, that's although we never got to see much of the the fruits of that growth or whatever i mean she's i don't even think she's been sick or injured (laughs) once she's he's had to say things like he's had to tell her about how her boyfriend's dying and a couple of different iterations Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah it's unfortunate she said to spend so much time in the show as a girlfriend yeah i mean that's goes for every female character on this it's just a girlfriend yeah that's true yeah and he's been up for like four nights in a row trying to get the DNA interpretation for Odo and it's all. Yeah. So they figure out like that it's probably uh section 31 and that they got to track down uh section 31. And then he's like, no more cloak and dagger. <laughs> the, the, they've been uh, hiding for over 300 years. You want to face facts? Face this fact. Section 31 have managed to stay in hiding for over 300 years. Yeah, fuck you, Discovery. <laughs> hiding for over 300 years, except in that show, they're they're like a well-known, established part of the... Mm-hmm. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's, my, that's just my own little... Uh... Yeah, Section yeah. 31 isn't less dumb through the source of the spot yeah, yeah. Uh, that, we, that we view here. Well, so. it's less dumb here than it is later oh uh, probably i it was so dumb i stopped watching it (laughs) yeah right right but yeah it doesn't make it less dumb to the course of the spotlight but yeah um so o'brien is now just the wingman to bashir pretty much that's that's how we end yeah that's just a bummer yeah and you remember there used to be this guy on the show named quark was that his name (laughs) quark who who did? He was. Uh, I uh, seemed really popular for a while. They did a lot of solo episodes with him. Yeah, he just disappeared I don't know. <laughs> what did he look like? I'm. I'm trying. To, I'm looking at her podcast art stuff. But I, <laughs> can you can you tell me what he looked like again? I don't know. I, I don't know him. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does he even get a cameo in this episode? Usually they give like one line. And it's like, but they uh, wrote. Apparently they wrote scenes for him. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like I. I wonder if there was. I want the warts and all documentary about. the deep space nine and where they all shit talk the experience of because I, I know he was i'm wondering if this was like there was issues with him well maybe it's like he's still paying iris still paying for all the quirk episodes he crammed into the last season and and they're like there's no just, way that like there's a dictate don't use the 
face of the show in the last episodes. Yeah. But there was a dictate no more Ferengi episodes and they didn't know well, what to do. Yeah, because they were I mean, thank God for that dictate, but Quark isn't I mean, Quark is a character on the show. No, he <laughs> well, he's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then um Martok was severely hurt on uh Avenal seven and we learned Gowron is like a dick about it. Yeah. A good commander finds ways to beat the odds, not hide behind them. And then he's like, Martok should have won. And he fought longer and harder than I would have in his place. Have you read Worf's after action report? Like, what the fuck, man? And and Gowron is real sheepish. He's like, well, he's, he's, he's expected to survive. And it's like. The scene with Cisco is real good. The scene between Cisco and Gowron, I liked a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's sheepish to Cisco. I was like, and he's like, well, well, I like your loyalty, Cisco. And I was like, this ain't loyalty, man. You're fucking up. And mm-hmm. yeah, see, then he goes to somebody and says, well, we've got a real problem here. And Worf explains to him basically that like, oh, he's just yeah, it's a, it's just something that chancellors do sometimes. It would not be the first time that a Klingon chancellor put his own interests ahead of the greater good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like we've got a problem and he's stubborn and arrogant. And it's like, well, uh, yeah, he can't say anything but a political threat. And then the dark pragmatism of Cisco is like, well, this shit's going to lose us the war. Do whatever it takes. And Worf is like, understood. So I was like, what <laughs> did, did, <laughs> did you wink there? Was that a wink? Did you want me to get rid of like, no, I didn't wink. You know, one of those situations, <laughs> but yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, that was a weird, I mean, like, we're just regime changing all over this motherfucker now. And, like... <laughs> right. But I do like that they gave it with this... I do like that they gave it some sort of, like, real... Like, not just that it's all haphazard, but... I don't know. That Ronald D. Moore had a reason for wanting to kill Gowron. I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they give him a re... You know, they give it ultimately sort of a reason, so... Right, right. And then, uh... Sick, uh... Sex grandma is all fucked up and gross and- <laughs> But we don't really do we see do we really see her in this? Yeah, yeah, we do. After the Cisco that ain't loyalty this ain't loyalty mm-hmm. scene, we go to sit grandma and she's like, Well, um we can't fight everybody, so and then she's like, Well, oh fuck, if we still had our cloning facilities, I'd kill this I'd kill this Wayoon and Wayoon's like, I'm right here. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and then she's like, Well, find uh Damar's family and kill him find his wife and children and get all the teachers and the scientists and the officials, you know, women in Cardassia Mm -hmm. and, you know, put them all like as uh, human shields in front of every facility, basically. Mm -hmm. And, and thought Pran as, yeah, we haven't pointed out yet that they, uh, that deep space nine coined the uh, slang term thought. Oh, he's (laughs) thought he's, Oh yeah. (laughs) That hoe over there. Uh, Right. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. They also when they if you had if they could, if their voice could be translated it's just bye boy it's just they just say <laughs> yeah, that <everywhere>. right. <laughs> bye boy <laughs> bye boy yeah. <laughs> bye. yeah yeah Kira uh, Garrick rats on Odo and says that he's sick and Kira's like I know but I would give him one last shred of dignity and yeah. Uh, and then Garrick is like, you gotta, you, you know, you're gonna have to kill that motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. And when Rousset, I guess, or Bobby Moynihan, I, whichever Cardi it is, they get in a fight, and then she's like, she uh, gives him an oil check or something. To yeah, she, she puts, yeah, she makes she, it real uncomfortable. She puts him, yeah, she gives him. She she, she sticks with something up a, a place uncomfortable. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She knows all the secret pleasure points or whatever. I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can. I know how to turn pleasure into pain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Cardi's are probably super into that too. By the way. Probably, if given oh, yeah. from their torture techniques. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then Worf tries to commit convince Martok it's your duty to challenge Gowron and it's like it's not our place to do this unless it's except if it's out of cowardice they can't follow me they, how how are they going to follow me just this is we get Peter Dow Wharf again where he's like <laughs> he's he's flipped man he's part of the you know like and Martok is like I'm just a lowborn commoner from the Ketha Lowlands and then Peter Dow Wharf is like no no we got to do this now come on beer yeah he is yeah he's uh he's game He's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like I like Worf in this episode. I mean, I think I'm glad that this episode was written by 
you know, somebody who knows these characters and essentially just invented Gowron and Martok. Right, right. So I'm happy with that. So yeah, yeah and that all that all works. You're right. I just it was it, it, it's too fast, but it works. I like it. Right, and then the Worf and Ezri scene where I don't know. I really this felt this the whole like uh, the Klingon Emperor needs to die. It deserves it. Mm-hmm. It's like. I just couldn't help but read the Klingon Empire as the the United States here. <laughs> American exceptionalism is over. I see a society that is in deep denial about itself. Mm-hmm. We've got hundreds of years of what they say is integrity and honor. We're talking about a warrior culture that prides itself on maintaining centuries-old traditions of honor and integrity. Mm-hmm. But in reality... It's willing to accept corruption at the highest level. And just give this name service to integrity and honor, you know. Who was the last leader of the High Council that you respected? I like that. <laughs> I liked everything about that scene. That was good yeah. stuff. Well, I did too. I think it was really, it's really too bad because it, it showed that at this late stage that they still had room with her character to surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we're not, because nobody was expecting that speech from her. Yeah. Right, right. Because, well, we don't know what you think about these things because you're new here. <laughs> right. So right. whenever you tell us and, what, and, what you think. And you can't stop talking about your boyfriend. and Yeah. Or your, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Yeah. If you can't, t- if you, if you tolerate Gowron, if you, if you can tolerate Biden, what hope is there for the empire? Uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> No, I I agree. I think that I hate it when my politics. I hate it when Star Trek gets political. The nerds are saying a subset of people that stopped listening to us years ago. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine some asshole still listening to us and like getting pissed off at our politics? Oh, I hope so. You know those guys that do that. I can't imagine anybody who's stuck around this long. Oh, like those guys love to hear that shit. They get off on it. It's a kink, right? But I. But even <laughs> after, I, even when I, you know, not so secretly stopped liking the show, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. that they stayed with it. I don't know. That's, maybe. Well, I, maybe. I, don't, I don't know. That would that would shock me. Poor fuckers. I mean, seriously. Damn, guys. Yeah, if you hate when <sighs> Star Trek gets political, uh, give us a call, I guess. 917-408-3898. Mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> or, I guess or, maybe they're trying to listen to everybody, maybe? Yeah, because they can throw it up. Like, listen, I, I listen to a whole, both sides, and, and these... Uh, these red commies are going to be the death of us. <laughs> and it tur- I've listened to both sides, and it turns out that what I believed before I listened to is true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. That's what it always <laughs> It yep. turns out that my original positions were, were were completely justified. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that was... Anyways. Oh, they uh, they kill all the people, and, and wait, so how does this end? Um, they take over a ship in a cool way? Uh, oh yeah, they well we get a they have to they go into a whole like uh Deep Space Nine space station on steroids mm-hmm. and there's a commander Rota and there's like a lady Vorta that I don't guess we've seen before. It would have been real nice if they used the actor that they got to play the first Vorta way back in season two or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's what Or that Priscilla Presley. Or Vorta. Priscilla Presley, yes. <laughs> yes. Now we got like a like a Patty Smith looking Vorta. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, and then uh they they break into the control room or whatever. Odo comes in as sex grandma and begins interrogation and but it turns out it's Odo and then they're stealing a they're stealing a ship with a brain weapon a Jem'Hadar ship that's had the brain energy dampening weapon installed on it. Mm-hmm. But th- they're not going to be done with the install for another thirty to forty five minutes. So they've got to stall and pretend that their screens have gone out and they only have sound and voice. And so yeah. Did they tell um, you that Odo's going to become sex grandma before? Because no. that was legitimately like ooh like for a yeah, minute yeah. there. And I I, I bought. I bought their bait on that one. Right, right. Where like, oh shit, she's gonna recognize Kira. <gasps> yeah. Uh, oh shit. And then like, she oh, doesn't. Like, and I was like, oh, this is, yeah. oh, oh, they're, they're like, doing oh, a, oh, lame on them for not. Come on. They're doing a thing. Uh, Angry yeah. nerd corner. I'm ready. It's like, oh no, it's Odo. Okay, good on you. It's yeah. Very clever. So. Yeah. So yeah, and then they go to. Oh, and then they have the wharf. Galron is. We're going to Serpedian Five. The head of the entire 12th Order with 15 Vorts of First. And 
glass in, and then then we're gonna send some Tuvok, the Tuvok in, and Martok is like, okay, and it's and then Worf is like, no, okay, Martok's like, I'll do it for the Empire, and Worf is like, no, and <laughs> and he's and then they fight, and then you are a man without honor. Oh, do you think that child's uniform shields you? And then Worf takes his uniform, takes his badge off, and holds it in two hands. And then I thought he was going to break it, and that would have been cool, but he just sets it down. Mm. It's like, okay. Um, he should have took uh, off earrings. They should wear earrings so he could take off earrings. Yeah, that would have like, been amazing. I will snatch that wig right <laughs> off of your head. Or take it out like a weave string off. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm going to snatch that turtle shell right off. Yeah. Um, no, I like that. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was a fine little fight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I I don't know. And yeah. then they're like, Hail Wharf, leader of the Empire. It's like, well, wait, no. A new day must dawn. And okay. Kayla said, great men do not seek power. They have it thrust upon them. Hail Martok, leader of destiny. Yeah. Now the quote, yeah, the Shakespeare quote. Again with Shakespeare and the Klingons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or the original Klingon. I really, really realized why another reason why serialization struggles on deep space nine specifically are on these shows without budgets and it's because and other shows have to deal with this too it's because all of these things basically like i I, it's more in the next episode uh when they go into somebody's mind but it's really just their own house but Uh um, right so not having money for new sets and stuff sort of real dampens the memorableness of some of these scenes and i was thinking about the scene where galron was brought up to power oh yeah and all of those scenes happened with around patrick stewart and wharf but in these in this giant set that was the throne room of the klingon empire and so I remember it from that. If that just happened in the conference room of the Enterprise, <laughs> right. that would have been lamer. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't have remembered it. And so that Gowron and them basically get fought on the same set that I had to watch uh, Baral rub his boner into <laughs> Jedzia's back. It just elite de- <laughs> it depletes like the scene, you know? Yeah. And it keeps. The, the vistas of t- new sets, like the money on the screen element, is a part of epics. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's maybe another thing that we're missing is that they're kind of just shooting us on the on the set. And so, I don't know, it's not recoded in your mind as taking place in an interesting environment. Yeah. So I think that's even that kind of feels rushed and run together, where if that scene was taking place in some interesting looking set. Right, right. You know, it might have seemed more appropriate to the fall of Gowron than it ultimately did. Right. Did they, I guess when TNG finished, they just like, all right, we're ditching the set, like where Quark got married and that stuff from earlier in Deep Space Nine, where they had that stuff. Like, well, I think oh, yeah. that and just it what? takes... That is, takes you had. I think it takes space, like you have to rent the the extra studio you know right because you can't scrap another you can't strike another set to build that one up Mm -hmm. even though you might still have the stuff in storage it is funny that god like that Worf becomes the chancellor of the klingon empire in a like a break room (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's just it's 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 very strange (laughs) and you know there's a federation osha uh posters (laughs) up and stuff yeah yeah and i mean i i I think back to things that disappoint us or seem small and one of the things is that like you know you think about like the star wars prequels but those places even though a lot of them look plastic and computer generated like they were grand vistas you know you do remember like the i love sandstein i know exactly where that happened but that was burned in my memory i won't confuse it with other scenes (laughs) you know yeah a desert the best places for movies to take place i'm glad that you said it James. (laughs) well yeah well no they're no they're not in a desert they're in this lush villa when he says it oh i thought they're like on a balcony and in her lust and looking out over sand and he says i hate sand right no no he's looking in or i don't i'm like oh i'm sorry i I forgot those movies you need to watch the prequels again guys until you watch the prequels again (laughs) i'm not i'm not shut your damn mouth i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna countenance your opinions until you watch them again (laughs) that's fine um 
Yes, no, but I, I, it's pretty boring. I guess my point is, yeah, yeah. For all of the things that they got wrong, uh, you, I don't know. This is before computer vistas and stuff. But on the other hand, we always compare this to 100, and they they do that kind of shit too. They, everything's just shot on their shitty four sets, right? Yeah. Until they get more money for next season and build new sets. But <laughs> right. I do that specifically in next week's episode is what's going on is that they're having to Uh budget. One of the reasons they wanted to do a 10 episode series at the end is so that they could cheat the budget into the last episode. Oh, okay. So that's definitely happening Mm -hmm. where they're shooting these episodes on smaller and smaller budgets. So that the last episode can be a big budget. Ah, so I, you know, there things like this are right. These kind of like epic moments that would have been bigger deals have to get shot in a break room, and <laughs> yeah. Then this one ends with like the Odo, you okay? And then he, then he just goes off screen and then explodes in like a meat grinder of like just chunks flush, just flaking off of him and stuff, and he looks real gross. Anyways. Yeah. But then Rusat is like, "It's game over, man. We can't do this with the." You know, they're gonna find us. We gotta go now. And it's like a Mexican standoff. Oh, shit. It does have a whole fucking Mexican standoff in this episode. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and Rousseau's like, tomorrow, just do it. And he starts kissing up to him, talking about how much he believes in him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Damar has to kill, kill some, has to decide to change. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's clever. It's, it's good. Yeah. Cause, and they've even, there's previous scenes with Kira where he, she's like, explaining to him and when they he gets news that his wife and child have died and he's like how what kind of monster would kill a child and then kira says kind of looks at him is like yeah what kind of monster and you know like mm-hmm. they don't mention zial by name but you know that's what's in her mind obviously and they're fighting for that because they that really sticks in the not visitor's crawl that oh yeah that they didn't address that in this in these yeah. scenes yeah and they didn't even get to say her name, which is, a, I guess, a bit of a bummer. But they're like, well, people don't remember that. Mm-hmm. That was three Ducats ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> three Ducats. Because Damar even walks off and she's like, oh, I fucked up there. And then Garrick's like, no, he, he needed to hear it. It was mm-hmm. literally three Ducats ago. <laughs> yeah. And then he needed to hear that and to face what kind of monster he had been in the past. And so when he shoots Rasat, he's like, his Cardassia is dead. And it won't be coming back, you know. No more. It's we got a new take on the empire. Yeah. So Ronald yeah. D. Moore's statement is is that uh, perfecting the current system uh, is untenable and and wait and wasted. The the current system will just stifle all progress. You have to scrap the whole system and do things a new way. That's kind of what he's saying. So mm-hmm. yeah, that it, that is almost impressive for this kind of. Uh, boomer show. <laughs> yeah, it uh, was. Uh, it was uh, at the end of it. I was like, oh, a f- coherent theme based on the episodes yeah. that is applicable to multiple time frames. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. You didn't know how thirsty you were for, yes, for that yeah. until you were given it. Yes. Yeah. So this. That was yeah. Nice. I, I have very few complaints about the sexual episode, other than the systemic stuff that uh-huh. <laughs> that we. That it suffers from that has nothing to do with it, you know. Yeah, this episode it has right, to do right. with stuff that starts that started way before this episode. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, you guys want to guess what the good people of IMDb think of this episode? Uh, I bet they like it. I bet they do Let's too. See. It's epic. Uh, yeah, eight point two. Hope they don't like it more than this. I'll go eight point four. Uh, Kai Wen episode. Yeah. Nine hundred fifty-one votes. Is it eight point seven, boys? Ooh. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, good, this good. is one of the better episodes of this season, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes it one of the better episodes of the last two seasons. So, I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I dig this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I had a I had a I had a theme and Galron. I love Galron. I just love Galron. Yeah, I like to see that he had a relatively uh, good send off. It wasn't like in a, you know, that he got to go down being a short sighted idiot, which is what he was the whole time he was on the show. Right, right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. it was fitting. Yeah, it was... At least it wasn't out of character. No, no. Yeah. He got to 
throw Worf through a piece of glass. He did. He got to give a little. He didn't just. He didn't go out yeah, like yeah. a pussy. I mean, you know. <laughs> he, he, yeah. He put up a show. He was a. He's a Klingon. He's a true-born Klingon after all. Sure. I, I do like the Martok is, uh, deni- you know, he was under the Julius Caesar deny the crown once. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but when they when they offer it the second time, we're like, if you're going to give me a, I've turned it down once. If you're going to give me a second go at this, I'm taking it. Like, motherfucker. <laughs> right. like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's why he's like, give me the coat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't buy the whole, they'll never buy a poor person uh, that just doesn't seem to be in the Klingon. i mean klingons obviously have class issues but it's right those are the <laughs> well, worst those are the least believe i mean that just seems what didn't they ever watch the first season of star trek discovery and they know what they what they'll accept and what they <laughs> yeah, won't accept that's true. <laughs> well if you watch the second season you you learn that it, sorry <laughs> yeah. No, yeah well that's a good spot to end for this week you <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you want to outro us? Or? Uh, yeah. Is Alex Kurtzman officially fired? No. Okay. I think right. the rumors of him being fired might be exaggerated, and if he is fired, they'll keep him on as some token, uh, like consultant thing figurehead. Not, not make it. Not make it. They're not gonna. They don't want the press of of having him fired publicly or something. Is what the rumors say. <laughs> Stay so. out of the wolves' work. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I don't. Well, that's a whole other thing. Uh, yeah, who knows if that's all true right. Or not. Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, is there any questions that we need to field, Hugh? Or oh shit, I completely forgot about that new thing that I wanted to <laughs> do. But... The last four episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Just tell people where they can get a hold of us, and <laughs> I'll right. do it next week. Okay. Uh, sorry. Well, I'll just cut out any mention of it. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Um, I don't think I even mentioned the phone number last week, cause, but we have a few more of those. If you want to get them in, 917-408-3898. Go to uh, patreon.com where, you know, it ain't over yet. So uh, there, there's still stuff coming up over there. Uh, we talked about this Dylan documentary. and uh, <laughs> Well... <laughs> You know, all the stuff that Star Trek people love. Uh, all the stuff, yeah. Star Trek people love talk, uh, long talks about Bob Dylan tours. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah right. We, we cover a lot of bases on their comics and yeah. other TV and movies and, and just random shit. We follow our bliss over there. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to see what our bliss is, go to patreon.com slash kickers of elves. Uh, check that out. Um Give us money, and we'll try to give you something back. Uh, and um, and do all the other stuff. Go check us out on Twitter and the website. You can find it. And all the things that every other podcast asks you to do, do it for us if you want. Uh, yeah. All right. all right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us next week as we go through one of the final episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, free to beam out. Mm-hmm. I'm older now, but still running against the wind. Well, I'm older now and still running against the wind. Pour out your blood wine for Dauren. It's sad to see him go. Will you be sad to see me go? Is it even worth pointing out the Patreon anymore? I want to love you.